Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready? It's the Roundtable with me, Robert Bannon. Well, 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 welcome to the Roundtable. My name is Robert Bannon. I am so excited you're listening to us on the Broadway Podcast Network or you're watching us on the YouTube. I'm so happy to talk today to Grace Harry about her new book, The Joy Strategist, which is amazing. The back of the book says, first things first, joy is one of the most basic needs before you work for anyone else, every single day of your life, you need to tap into your own joy. I started to read the book and it hit me hard um, about finding joy and being joy. And it is something that I have not really thought about when I was growing up. I talked to her in this interview a little bit about what it was like when I was 11 and, and the parts of me that I had let go. And it wasn't until I was 33 and went to acting school and started hosting and started doing interviews and started singing and started doing all of these things that I found who I was again. Because sometimes society and the norms of society weigh us down. I teach fifth grade and I always say it's fun to do current events and politics and stuff with the fifth graders because they are not as jaded and biased by the world as we are as we get older. Well, we need to keep in touch with that childhood joy. As corny as that is, that joy is important. Grace Harry has lived a very public life. If it's working with Mariah Carey and Jay-Z to marrying and being divorced with by some of the most famous people in the world and, uh, and, and now speaking about what made her find her joy after all she's been through, uh, it was a real pleasure and honor to speak with her. And she gives some insights and some tips on how to find your joy. Well, right now you need to go and order this copy of this book, The Joy Strategist by Grace Harry, because I am, I'm on page, I'm going to tell you exactly what page I'm on. I'm on page 119. I started reading it yesterday when I got a copy in the mail and you need to get a copy. I related so much to the story in my own way. Everyone will relate to the story in some way, direct from some of the biggest musical acts of all time. All of the talk shows are talking about it. She's going to be everywhere and we've got her on the round table. Grace Harry is here. Hey. Thank you I, so much. Are you kidding? I, I know you. I know I'm a big music nerd. I, I know a lot about the artists and the work and the performers that you've helped and now it's so nice to hear you talking to us about helping yourself and, and finding joy. Um, I read the book. So here's my questions for you. Okay. What is joy? <clears throat> I love this because I had to learn it myself. The joy is the communication of the heart. You know, it's like there's a lot of concepts. I feel like we, we are funny as humans. We find the new trend and we're on it. So I feel like the last five years is like happiness, happiness. But that to me feels like an elusive thing because it's an idea. But joy, you know, almost every spiritual faith talks about joy as being what the heart expresses. So that's to me what it feels like. 
which it, it, it's so beautiful. And right from the beginning of the book, you talk about not having the money or the means to get help. And you talk about 12 step programs. I hear from so many, I'm a big fan of my therapist. I think my therapist has a house to retire in the Jersey shore with my money. <laughs> so what, what do you say to people who combat you with, I don't have the money. I don't have the means. I don't have the time to do this. I mean, where do we start? The, the very concept where I, what I say to people is the very concept that you're leading in with how you cannot do it is why it is so essential to do it. And, you know, I think there's also still a stigma in the world, even though it's gotten very trendy, right? Everyone has a therapist. And I think of it as like the 60s. It was very chic to have like an, an, an I can't even say it, an analyst, right? It was like very chic. But the, the thing is, is that we, the internet is fantastic because we've, we have so much at our fingertips, but I feel like it becomes very overwhelming and very big. And what I really say to everyone is there's no one to blame. No one's done anything wrong. That if the most important job in the world is making people, how come only amateurs can do it the first time? So to me, that means that we're all supposed to be in discovery together. And that as much as people love you, the well-intended adults in our lives, they're also workshopping life. So let's give everyone a break and realize nobody's wrong. But um, if you're not feeling amazing every day, all day, then you have work, some work to do. And the work is bespoke. You know, we get very it's freaked out about heart work because it seems so big, but we know how to do it. We just need to have a little someone like me instigate and tickle you into the, the memory. Well, you know, one of the quotes that I wrote down after reading some of the book is, your old life does not want to go uh, to, to go a memory and the fight to get to get in touch with the joy and the happiness and, and what your quest or journey or desires really are. I relate to that. I, I, I know that we you we fight against our own well-being. Oh, um, yes. When was the moment when you realized something was wrong and you needed to get more in touch with your joy? Yes. Well, first of all, I want to give credit. I'm a big I love to give credit. Um, that line, even your old life doesn't want to go into memory came from a 12 step meeting. And then a good friend of mine who was in the program for a long, long time. And I, and I reference the program a lot because I like, um, you know, even Burning Man, right? The concept of Burning Man, the original mission and ethos is that radical self-reliance. And, and I, I think of that as such a funny thing because we live in such a culture where we're taught from so young to let go of what's important to how we feel and really make other people feel comfortable. So, you know, this, you get in the airplane to put your own mask on first kind of concept. And um, yeah, I think when I was younger, when I was a kid, I felt really like a weirdo in a lot of ways. I was mixed before it was trendy. You know, I had advocate, ad, um, activist parents before it was trendy. All of these, I lived in Brooklyn before it was trendy, right? Like all these things. Um, and then all of a sudden I found myself in the middle of kind of a, a, what's the best way to say it? A popular aspiration of a life. You know what I mean by that? And, right? And and yet I, I felt if, we, if we're looking at all the movies and we're, we're, we're paying attention to popular culture, the message is, right? Like when you have those things, you're going to feel amazing. And I did not. And um, being just a curious contrarian, I started to feel into that. Why don't I feel amazing? You know, and then also being someone who <clears throat> doesn't believe in victim consciousness as a personality. You know, I believe in victim consciousness, but not as what I choose to lead with in my life. So I took it apart and I had a lot of responsibility in that. You know, there's still so many ways that I wasn't being authentic. 
Um, and I didn't know how to start it. So I started it at just trying to find it from the past. Well, I think that was that's so powerful. All, everything that you just said, but on the outside, people would see your life. They would see the jobs, the money, the the millions of records, the famous people, the relationships, the love. Oh, this is the life. This is the party. This is the clothes. This is the hair. This is the money that I want. But that emptiness that is inside and how it doesn't tuck you in at night, really, at the end of the day. So what's the first step that we can take besides me quitting my job right now, Grace, and moving into your house? <laughs> Please, Robert, come on. Let's okay. do it. Watch out. Move over on the couch. What, I'll be like, what, whoa, you're here. <laughs> what tangible things can we do to just get a start, like buying this book? <laughs> yes, I thank you very much. You know what? The, the the buying the book part is literally would be my joy to walk around the world and just try to help everyone kind of workshop this and strategize this because, you know, it's a much better play date when everyone's having fun. So imagine a world where we all just kind of took care of ourselves enough to lean into what can I do for you today, Robert, you know, kind of thing. Um, but the thing what I want everyone to understand, uh, I know it's trendy, whatever's the day. I'm old enough now to have lived through like the soy as being the trend and then macho is the trend and meat was a trend. Now meat's not the trend and whatever all the trends are. Um, at, one, at some point we knew, right? Like at four, nine, 12, there was a point in our life that we, before I think, we started really trying to be alluring, you know, like we realized, oh, I know what you want. Um, we knew what we wanted. And so to, I, I really help people and, and anyone can just go backwards. And, and I say, do the, use the little breadcrumbs of your own life. Do the, uh, like a scavenger hunt of your own life. Wait, you know, I, I think what I did was I just sat in meditation because at the time I'm the kind of person who's like, oh, we're doing this. Let me do this all the way. So I was going to meditate, you know, Jesus, you know, um, what is the Tao Te Ching? Like all these messages that come to people in these long, silent moments. Um, and what really came to me was, you know what, you know already, actually. It's not that you don't know these things. It's not that everyone doesn't know these things. Every spiritual faith I really think has a root of it. Every every moment where we have that, oh, I feel this strongly, we have it. It's a, G a GPS within all of us. And, and I think it's just reminding ourselves of where we're delicious, where we are delicious. I love You that. know, I, it could be different. Some people are visual people. So I say, find an image from when like a night or an experience where that when you think back to that night, either you get a look in your eye like, oh, I don't want to tell people. That's good too. Or... You just kind of, oh, yeah, I remember feeling really strong or empowered or sexy, whatever it turns you on. And then carry that picture around. Put that image on your screen. Have it be on the way to the bathroom. Be where, you, where you're taking a poop, where you're shitting, you're looking at it. But what I, my point is, is that we know these things taking care of somebody else. So a lot of people, people like me, who is a recovering people pleaser, fear of rejectionite, I literally started doing this. Okay, if my son or my daughter or one of my friends or an artist I work with or anybody that's not me needed me and they were in deep pain, what would I do for them? And then it was, first of all, that I had to give myself permission because the audacity to do that to myself. And I started saying, you know what? I'm going to be my own client. So I, I'm saying all these examples because we're all different people. 
different things motivate us. I have some friends who could care less. I go into someone's house, a house party, like if I'm, if you invite them to dinner, I want to help you in the kitchen. That's my programming, but not right. Not everyone's like that. So to find your motivation, are you some people, some people, some friends of mine, I only get them to get this when I say, okay, a new lover is coming. What version of yourself are you offering? Okay. So then don't go home to your own self, be too tired to take a shower and use the best, the best mug to lay on your whatever, to feel luxurious in your own space, but yet have a lover come over 11 o'clock at night and you were tired at eight, right? All of a sudden you have all this energy. So do that for yourself. I, I have such a hard, you know, it's so funny. My mother, my, my sainted mother used to say to me, you have to treat yourself the way you would treat somebody else. And I think that we are, if you're a people pleaser, if you're somebody who has longed to be loved, accepted and, 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 and in place, and you just want people to notice you and love you and be like you were talking about, it is very hard to stand independently and autonomously yourself That's because you, you feel like you'll lose everyone that, that you love and care about. And it wasn't until me personally, until I really owned who I was and did the work to free who I really was that it attract that attraction becomes something so much more than just trying to be what you are, but it's so scary. It's so scary for so many people. Um, yeah. Can I say something about the scary Please. part real quick? Please. I'm sorry. You can always be like, Grace, you're talking too much. Oh, I just get so not. excited about this. The scary part is I have a theory. I don't know if it's true. I've made this up, but what I've noticed is that when we're going to like, um, if we're tired one day and we know we have to eat, we're going to find that extra energy to feed ourselves, right? We maybe want to walk out naked, but we were taught that you have to wear clothes outside. But nobody really taught us how to find our personal joy. But because we know that there are things that take work, why is it that we talk about things around our heart that all of a sudden it's frightening? And I believe it's because our first heartbreaks were pre-verbal, right? Think about you're an infant and you're being nursed and or you're getting a bottle, your, 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 your caregiver is taking care of you and you're feeding you. It's exactly what you wanted to happen when you got here. So you're having this moment, hormones are flying, everyone's in love. Let's say the third day, the parent gets a phone call that's disturbing. Now in your life, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. In your three days, they're taking their eyes from you. Then the next day you go to feed them and they start like playing with your elbow. And you hear them bragging, oh, it's so cute now, little Gracie, little Robert, they play with my elbow. That's actually your, your first performative love act. And because we don't have words yet, we take that show on the road. And so anytime anyone touches this over here in the heart, we're like, oh yeah, no, no, no. Oh no. That, do you think that's true? I, I do. I'm a big firm believer that our initial interactions, I, I know for me, when we are, and I've learned that when we come to terms with something or something comes to us that has caused a trigger or a trauma in our life, we instantly react in the way that we first were brought to us. So the second that we are not in touch with a parent or a caregiver, and the second that we feel slighted or not loved or neglected, we, we have built a, a defense mechanism and we go through our whole life not even knowing we have this our fists up in the air. Absolutely. So that's the fear. So if we know that the other things, the workout until you can't sit in the toilet, you're bragging to your friends. Oh my God, my legs. <laughs> we just have to, right? We just have to get past that with the hearts. And then what you learn is that that becomes your boundary. Because if the heart doesn't feel like it's somebody who's that you can actually be that person with, 
that you don't have to fear retribution or or neglect or abandonment, then what? You're only sorting for your starting five all the time. I love I love that the starting five is is so brilliant, and I love. I love the law of yes. Uh, I I think that that ooh, we don't allow our. I will Grace. I met you now. I'm going to root for you. I want you to be a New York Times bestseller. I want you to be on the cover of every newspaper. I want this to be turned into a Netflix series and a this and a that. But if you turn that around to, for me to talk about it about myself, oh no no no! I I can't root for myself like that. I can't talk like that because we're so taught that we're not allowed to feel that for ourselves. What what is the law of yes? First of all, yes, I can relate to that because even this journey has been hard for me. I was famously the behind the scenes. I feel so proud that I have these deep relationships with people because I they can trust me. So understanding that this is not about me and this is about joy. And I really believe that outer systemic change only starts with inner systemic change. But it still was very uncomfortable for me to, um, to lean into that because those voices come up, those other parts, like the the... The, the, the cartoon angel and the devil, right? Like, who does she think she is? So the, the law of yes is that when we realize that the joy strategist in all of us is our heart, we all have a joy strategist. We all have a GPS. If you've ever been in an Uber and you arrive somewhere and they're telling you this is the address and you're saying to them, I live here, but they believe that GPS so strongly, we have that. But we have fears and things and brokenhearted moments that we don't trust. And we start to be like, I know you're saying going left, but I'm going to go right because, you know. Um, so the law of yes is learning to lean into your, your GPS, your heart and your stomach. When you're not breathing, when it's tight, you're not actually listening to yourself. You're self-sabotaging because you have somebody down there like, hello. But we're like, uh. So if, just, if your stomach is loose, if your body is functioning, if you're feeling relaxed, then you'll find your real yeses. But if you're people pleasing, even a little moments or halfway or my favorite thing, talking inside your head, gaslighting, whatever you want to call it, having a full conversation in here because you're so afraid to go out there. I say when that happens, maybe like baby talk it. You know, um, Robert, I know you asked me to come on your show and I'd really like to, but I'm feeling very scared. And I just don't think it'll be great. Like, let's go back there. Or you can preface it. I'm afraid that what I'm going to say is going to make you judge me. Like, let's go back to that. Please. That's what I say about that. I am, I'm here for it. I think I'm the king of the disclaimer. Because when I'm feeling secure, I just say, I'm going to let you know I'm going to say this, but I'm really nervous. And then, and then give yourself permission to feel how you feel. That's right. I have to share with, I was like, this is the interview that's going to get me to cry. I've done 250 plus hours plus interviews. And that was going to get me because when I was 11 years old, or 10 years old, when I see VHS tapes that have been turned to DVDs that have now been put on computers, I was a kid who was singing. I was a kid who was hosting. Mm. I, was, I was the person when my brother was playing football saying, and Sean Bannon scores on the 14th yard line. And I wanted to host and I watched all the talk shows and I wanted to do this. And I went to Juilliard and at 18 years old, I dropped out because I thought I was not strong enough. I wasn't mm. brave enough. I wasn't tough enough. I wasn't talented enough. I, I met a girl, I got married, I lived that life. I'm gonna be a teacher, I'm gonna live a normal life till I was 32. I went to therapy and my therapist said, what used to make you happy? What did you like? And I had no idea. And all of that 11 year old kid that wanted to do this, that wanted to sing, that wanted to have this personality was just stuffed and stuffed and stuffed away to be the norms of what I felt society was gonna be like. 
And it wasn't until 33 and getting back in touch and going to acting school and going to therapy and getting back to singing and getting back to having fun and playing and dreaming a dream that's bigger than I could even imagine that things started to happen for me. How do we, that 11 year old boy in me is so moving to me now because I, I right. nurture and feel him and be there for him. Yeah. Why, what is it about our childhood that we then get, as we grow up, we lose, that we lose our sense of who we are. Yeah, it's the people pleaser. It's that, you know, it's like, that's what I tell, tell the story of the child um, being fed because really what that is, is that we're, I believe we're all animals, right? And we have a little checklist. We have to learn how to walk, eat. You know, we have things to do, but we got to get some boot camp basics going. Um, and we're not an animal that learned, that walks instantly. So our instincts and scientifically, we're, we're looking kind of to check some things off. Okay, our core family who's feeding me, who's taking care of me. And so we have to keep that alive. Now we come into a situation with people who are doing their own work. They're not relying on you to keep that alive. They're also not stifling your creativity. You know, there's different kinds of educational systems in this country. The one in our schools is the Horace Mann system, which is really to memorize educational or like factory equipment. Then for a while was trendy, the Montessori, which came from, from Italy. And just like all good things when they come to America, it got a little confused. It wasn't just singular education. It was just advancing the child mind. But one of the systems that I really like that's been explored here so that you have a little bit of data, I guess, whatever, that it's that there's something to it, is the Waldorf Steiner schools. And that was an Austrian philosopher named Rudolf Steiner. And basically what he was saying was that humans have no analytical mind between zero and seven. So whatever you tell a child, they're going to believe it. Robert, you're bad at math. Okay, bad math. You know, it's like, I don't know if you saw that Ricky Gervais movie, Invention of Lying. Yes, I did. Yes, it's I did. Like, yeah. like little kids are like that, right? Like, oh, okay, I'm fat or I'm amazing. or but... So um, yeah, just like leaning into that, leaning into that, that we're not, not a child anymore. We're not a house that because we built onto it, the house inside is gone. You know, that's why a little bit, don't say inner child, because I think we actually are the person we were at one, at two, at seven, at 12. The thing, the difference is we either add buffer and more support in whatever way for addictions or whatever to protect the little child who's been through some real, real shit. Or, you know, we're open and we're having experiences, understanding that real true love is cracking that heart open and we're brave. You know that I learned recently that the word courage has got the a Latin word root cur, which is a French word that means heart. So there's some translations that courage means the bravery to tell the truth of your heart. So that means we know throughout millennia, whatever, that that's hard. But if we can get courageous and really just protect that little kid, that pioneer, the one that's closest to the heart, the one that's not just leading with brain and ego, but understanding how to work that team, with, that's how we do it. You know, and I, I watch kids all the time and it's it's terrifying to see well-intentioned adults just small them into, you know. Yes. Well, and that's why you say in the book being a light holder and, and that is what you're doing with this book for sure. And um, hopefully making many more light holders around or in, in letting light holders do what they do. Yes. 
when you talked in the book about being a high school dropout and, and that the shame and stigma that you carried in your life to prove that or to overcompensate for that, or the fact that you speak very publicly in the book about your birth story and being a part of the foster care system and, and et cetera, um, those things, I feel like they my therapist used to say they stick to the bones, you know, they're, 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 they stick to the bones of who we are. We think that we do the work. We think we get the jobs. We think we get the money and the relationships. And we're, we don't, I don't, I don't worry about the person I was at five years old. I don't worry about what my, my first heartbreak was at whatever age. Um, for me, you know, the stigma of being a part of the queer community lived way early, 11 years old, you know, Robert Bannon is a fag in the bathroom wall has lived in my head to, and made so many choices or, I was divorced at 30 and I thought I'm a divorce and it's going to be a part of me. I remember going to therapy and saying, it's a part of my story I'll never get rid of. And I, I, I am this going to be this. How do we shake the shame and, and these stigmas that with these words we've clung to for our whole life? Yeah. I mean, this work, and this is why I keep saying, I keep saying over and over it's work because I, I, I because I think that we get such a big emotion out of, of the heart. We don't realize there's stuff to do there. And again, because we're over-marketed that, once you meet the person, then you can all relax and life's done. But really the truth of the over-romanticized twin flame or soulmate or whatever you want to call it is a concept of someone who really is someone who's been guiding with you for however long you believe uh, under the con consciousness of the God of your understanding, whatever words work for you, um, that you're meant to be together, meant to be. That means that this person's going to trigger the shit out of you all the time and highlight you know, that experience. Um, so it's really, to me, it's just kind of taking this concept of yourself and restarting yourself from the very beginning. Rewrite those stories. Look at all these, look at all the beliefs you have. S believe nothing. Start to really go back and think of yourself as the star of your own story and build around it what you need. You know, it's, as I said before, we, we know that if we're going to go on a long trip, that we need snacks and we need food. We know there's certain ways that we really take care of ourselves, but we don't do, do that with our energy. We don't do that with, you know, what's the most important thing? I think we're feeling it right now, sadly, a lot with all that's happening with mental health right now. And I'm so happy there's a big spotlight, but just like everything else, it's gotten very complicated. And at the end of the day, you know, like animals in the wild will shake themselves when they're you know, we have these very simple, whether it's music or whether it's painting or, you know, whether it's making sure that we book a weekly connection with somebody, a phone call or seeing somebody, whatever we're going to really need in our truth, not in like what we're afraid to say and we don't want to be a burden and, you know, and I'm scared. Be courageous for your heart. Like if you're going to fight for something, if you're going to have like deep opinions about something, let's start with our own hearts. And like, let's really work on them being like the most important thing, like that that person that you admire and respect so much. Let's give ourselves like 1% of that. Ooh. I don't think I even answered your question, but I no. went on a tangent. I think that was perfect and beautiful and amazing. Um, the book is is out and you can order your copy and get it wherever books are sold, which because you're going to need to get it. And there's some, she doesn't call it homework. There is activities. There There are things you can do. Even simple for me as someone who runs a thousand miles a minute every day to sit and breathe and be conscious. And I've started to meditate and I've started to listen to music at night to go to sleep that is calming and get centered. And it's very hard for me to stay grounded. What is your daily routine to keep yourself? Oh, yes. And you know what? All of us, 
uh, you know, the brain and the heart and the ego, they all have jobs. We get very mad at them. They're doing other things, but we got to keep them busy. Otherwise, brain's going to come in with judgment. Ego's going to try to make you do some silly stuff. So, you know, I also, I know that when I do yoga in the morning and I meditate and I dance and see the sun and I have a great day, but I still have to fight myself to get to the mat, you know, because that other part of me that likes the dysfunction or doesn't want to go into memory, that's a big part of it. That's why I created that yes, yes, yes. I had a friend who did a version of it, but sometimes all I can access, you know, if something really triggers me or if I'm feeling really scared or if I'm traveling and I don't have all my things, I'll literally stand in front of the mirror and just like start singing yes, like yes, yes, yes. Like just performing yes. It's all I could access at that moment, but I get silly with it and then I get grand with it and yes, yes. And I'll sometimes tap myself or, you know, feel my, just as basic as a little kid. Um, so my routine changes. Right now there's some like, sometimes I listen to some comedy sketches. I, I do chanting. I dance sometimes. Sometimes I just get in the morning if I feel like you. I have a lot of ideas. I'm very air and fire in my chart. So I'll just get and play a song that has a lot of drums. For one song, just stomp my feet, you know, just really stomp and dance. That's a really good grounding exercise. So play, play with yourself, feel into what feels good, make it an exercise, make a date with yourself, schedule it. I, I love that idea. You got to go to Grace Harry on Instagram and you can also, you know, Google that to get the book and all that stuff to stay up to speed on everything that, that Grace has up next on, on the, the, on the agenda. I think it's so much fun to talk about. And my dog's, my dog's even excited about it. I love you too. He's talk about needing attention and needing to do some work. He needs to do that. Um, we, we are, uh, we, we we lose some of the joy and the fun and, and to just dance around your house and yell the yes. I love the five minute to brag about yourself for five minutes. What an uncomfortable idea for so many people, but also so freeing and feels good. It, you feel shame for it feeling good because we've been taught it's not allowed to be done, but it's a really nice thing to do with someone you trust or even with yourself in the mirror. I have a hack around that too, because I had some clients who, couldn't get there at all. And I said, okay, if everyone, if no matter what you're doing, your own business or you work for a company or you're creating a project or you're creating humans or growing humans, you need it with someone that you haven't seen in 20 years. What's your 30 second pitch? So if you don't like the thing of bragging, let's just like workshop that 30 second pitch over and over and in truth and feel good about it. So, you know, the shame and all that stuff, it's hard, but we have to learn to manage that, the, all those parts of ourselves, everything goes up, it has to go down. So it's learning to say, you know what? I hear that. Okay. I, I hear you're uncomfortable. That's some work to do. Thank you very much. But we're going to overcome this with, I walked out of my house today. Like sometimes that's all, yeah. <laughs> that's where we are sometimes. I, I hear that for sure. Kilimanjaro or my door. <laughs> it's, and it's all a victory. It's all a win. Last, lastly, I didn't get to this chapter in the book yet about love. Um, Love is a is a, for many people is very complicated. It's very wonderful. We all have history. We have good experiences, bad experiences, etc. I, for me personally, did not realize. I thought for so long that I had I had healed the demons until I fall fallen in love again. The second you oh, yeah. let the guard down, all of a sudden you're like, oh no, I have so much work to do. Yeah. I am a mess. <laughs> what? Why is love so complicated? And how can we build a better relationship with? with the idea of loving someone and letting someone love us? 
Oh, I'm writing about this right now because it's such a thing. And the and what's fascinating is the pandemic really changed all that even. So even the ones of, I have a lot of friends who had a lot of strong beliefs. I don't know why I keep doing this. A lot of strong beliefs about stuff. Now their beliefs are totally different because we, our big outside lives became tiny inside lives. And then everything else had to kind of weigh up against that. I think there's a few things. I think it really goes back to that first thing. I think all of our complications are back to these people pleasers. We have been taught and it's so uncomfortable for us to lean into our truth. Of course, we're going to pick people based on our brain and then be in our house with them and then not like it. So even on the apps, I play this game with all my friends. It's so much fun. I call myself the search engine of the dating apps and I make them do it all heart. I don't let them, I pick a different name. I make them, I do it. I, I, it's so fun because we have to get out of here if we want something to connect here. And so that truth thing is really important. And I, I also think it's important that we have to get back to us, us people pleasers have a lot of value issues. Um, and so there are certain areas like in my career where I just was like, I got this or raising my kids. I just felt like in a way I had so, so little rules around those things that it made me make my own. But in relationships, I mean, I'm divorced three times. So clearly, <laughs> they, I mean, I was stuck it in a long time, eight years, eight years, nine years, but still. But what I realized is that I wasn't being authentic. I was not lying and I wasn't cheating, but I wasn't really being myself because back to that analogy of being fed, I wanted my parents to love me. They had difficult lives. So I was making up a lot of things about love that weren't true. So I built that if you love bomb me, but then are not available because my dad had a lot of things going on. He wasn't around a lot. Then, oh, you must love me. And if I do a lot for you, then you love me. They're teenagers. They needed me to do a lot. They weren't, they weren't trying to do anything messed up. So it took me understanding like, oh, my parents don't look like, my I, who I married doesn't look like them, but it does. It was the story I made. I also think media is terrible. It, it teaches us that thing that you fall in love and then it's great. You have to know that any relationship, like Harville Hendricks says, you're two countries coming together. You have to figure out what are your new languages, your new laws. I think every relationship needs an us, not you, not me, but we need to build this business that's us. What does this need? Because a lot of the problems are we have our expectations of what we want and the person's supposed to read our mind. I mean, I can go on about this forever, but I think at the very core of this is let's get back to realizing that with love, with career, everything, we're shopping in the supermarket. We don't have to just me, me, pick me. We're like, I like this in aisle four, I, not aisle seven, mm, none of that's for me. And start to really come from that place because that is a boundary in itself. And when we start to, I, I think that everyone should write their list of their perfect person and then actually be those things. Ah, ooh. And then your person will magnetize to you. So it's not this thing, I want this person, for years, I want someone with a dedicated yoga practice, but I didn't have it. You know what I'm saying? So. Get really in love with yourself. Would you date yourself? And really look at that. And not from a penalizing way. Let's, we're done with that. Yes, we can ourselves all we want, but why? Let's yeah. start feeling better. Let's start inspiring each other with our own joy. Yes, finding your joy, getting your joy, the joy strategist right here, your path to your interchange. And then I, I promise you, once you do some of the work and you start to change the inside, the rest of it's gonna all be attracted and jump right into your life. It, I've seen it and and you've seen it and uh, and you're going to see it in this book as well. Oh my goodness, I have so much work to do, Grace. No. <laughs> forever. 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 Every second, forever. Forever. Um you're such a joy and you 
And uh, you, we're going to follow you. We're all going to grab the copy of the book and we're all going to, we're going to spread some joy and be joy uh, in our day. Be joy. Be joy. And, and find Inside joy. In, yes. And, uh, and it's going to just explode out of us. Um, I'm so grateful that you spend time with us today. You are so wonderful. Thank and this message know. is so powerful and so important. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Let me tell you that old life is going to try to fight you. It is not going to want to go become a memory. It is going to be so ingrained and stuck to so many bones, but there's brighter days and rainbows and sunshine on the horizon. I promise you, I've learned it. I remember being 32, being on the side of the road, driving around for hours because I had so much anxiety and stress about what life was and what life was gonna become, and so much fear about letting go of the old past life. And um, it took a long time to step into it. And I know that for you it can be big it can be small it can be microscopic or it could be gigantically unrealistic no matter what it is i know that there's a way that you can find peace and love and joy and wholeness by doing some of the work so talk to a medical professional go to a 12-step program seek some help seek a friend speak it speak it into the universe look in yourself in those eyes and tell yourself how special and beautiful you are because you are you truly are i wish you the best Happy day to you all. Find some joy today. My name is Robert Bannon. If you like this show, go to robertbannon.com or you can follow me at Robert M. Bannon on Instagram or go to the, at The Roundtable with Robert Bannon on Instagram and listen to us on the Broadway Podcast Network. Watch us on YouTube. Come see me live in New York City. Listen to my music as the new album comes out. There's always things cooking here on The Roundtable. So uh, it gives me joy to have you here. Till next time, the best is yet to come. Bye, everybody. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.